AOM 2020, that stands for Annual Orthopedic Meeting of the Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapy. Their big, big conference, April 3rd and 4th in 2020 in Minneapolis, St. Paul, Mall of America. Head, spine, and shoulder disorders, integration over isolation is the topic this year. What will you learn? Why should you go? Highlighting the orthopedic and vestibular factors affecting patients with concussion injuries, interconnection of head and neck complex, relationship between the neck and shoulder, lab breakouts focused on skill acquisition. That's what you're going to get. Ariel Giordano, Rob Landell, Joseph Gages, Paula Ludwig, and Lieutenant Colonel James T. Mills are your featured speakers. Check out more at orthopt.org. The fighter squadrons that I work in at Langley are F-22 and T-38 fighter squadrons. So it's mostly G-induced issues. So the T-38, generally we only go up to about five Gs here, but it is capable of around seven. Uh, with the F-22, those guys are flying up to nine, nine and a half Gs, which is a lot. So most of what I treat is either low back or neck or both. And I treat guys who just got out of training or the guys who've been in for 18 years who are still flying. Fired up is what I am today to, to uh, bring this, this next guest on the show. We've talked about embedded care before in terms of fire departments, uh, things in civilian life, but our guest today is doing it in the United States Air Force. Uh, Captain Michelle Yelick is an embedded physical therapist with fighter squadrons. I like everything about the last couple of sentences right there. It's got my, you know, nine-year-old uh, brain watching Top Gun on repeat going crazy. Uh, we talk about what some common fighter pilot injuries are, uh, what she does to either help them rehab or prevent those injuries, the specifics of what fighter pilots have to do to get and stay ready in terms of their physical rehab. Uh, We also talk about um, what embedded care is like and why it's so important and how she actually got to be embedded with that fighter squadron. So uh, take a listen. Michelle Yelick, just an awesome interview. You're going to love it. Episode is brought to you by Owens Recovery Science. They're a single source for physical therapists looking for certification in personalized blood flow restriction rehabilitation training and the certification and equipment you need to apply it properly in your clinical practice. I know Johnny Owens and his team working with, uh, you know, not just NCAA and major professional sports. They also work with the U.S. military as well in terms of uh, bringing BFR to those people. More information about blood flow restriction training with Johnny and his team is available at owensrecoveryscience.com. Take a listen to today's episode. It starts right now. The best conversations happen at happy hour. Welcome to ours. Welcome aboard. This is the PT Pinecast. Here's your host, physical therapist, Jimmy McKay. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We always like to start off uh, by saying thank you to the audience for, well, number one, listening right now. And number two, telling a friend. We see you guys doing that online, uh, sharing the clips of the episodes that we release, and you share those with your social networks, and that's how people find out about the show. So thank you guys for doing that. Also dropping us a rating or review on iTunes. Um, not, not so much egotistically. I mean, I like to see you know good ratings, but I also like to see what you guys think about the show so we can bring you some more of that. So uh, those things are really, really great. Make sure you follow us online on all the socials at PT Pintcast. Today, a really, really cool episode tripped across uh, our, our uh, today's guest on that internet thing. A PT about to get her OCS. She's an active duty captain in the United States Air Force, and she's partially embedded with fighter squadrons. This has so much testosterone all over it. I love it. Now specializes in G-induced injuries in the spine. Let's let's do it right now. Uh, Michelle Yelick, uh, Captain Michelle Yelick, welcome to the show. 
Yes, hello. Thanks for having me. Love when I come across really cool stories like yours and literally like in the headline or maybe like one line past the headline, I'm already like searching for your contact information. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Uh-huh. Everything. It checks all the boxes. And uh, so that, that was one of yours. So welcome to the show. Thanks for taking some time out with, uh, to talk with us. Where, where are you located uh, geographically? Where, where are you serving? Right now, I'm in Hampton, Virginia. I serve at Langley Air Force Base in Hampton, Virginia. Cool. And we always want to say thank you so much for your service when we kick the show off. So thank you for that. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank um, you. All right. So so give us your, your kind of superhero backstory. How did you get to where you are now, which is a PT, you're a captain in U.S. Air Force, embedded with fighter squadrons. We're going to get to all that. But how did you get here? Do you, do you become a PT first? Do you do you go into the you know the, the armed services? How does how does that work? You know, I explain it to someone like me. Oh. Yeah, there are a few different options. I decided to do direct accession is what they call it. So I went to school first. I got my doctorate from University of New Mexico School of Medicine. I got my DPT there. And then while I was in my second and third year of school, I was working with uh, recruiters. So I worked with Air Force recruiters in, out of Denver, actually, and kind of just set all that up. It's a pretty long application process. Yeah. So. Uh, I was working through that, and it's you know just a lot of uh, applications and background checks and all sorts of things. And so I finished school, and then I uh, was picked, and then I go to like Air Force training and basic training and such like that. There are other ways you can go into it. There is a one program at Baylor mm-hmm, in right. Texas where you are already in the military as you're getting your doctorate, but that's very very exclusive. There's like two slots for the Air Force, so. Right really difficult to do so most people come about it the way that i did it for pt that's cool uh what inspired you to do that you know what what about you know kind of the path that you took really you know drew you and had gravity made you want to go that way to go into the air force yeah well my entire family is mostly navy actually so i come from a big military family of navy people so i kind of went against the grain and went with the air force which you know what they can just (laughs) <laughs> we, lo- we love everybody so uh i actually i have a opportunity to work with everybody from all the branches at langley which is great so i treat navy i treat marines and air force and army as well here uh but what you know the main thing that inspired me was you know kind of the service and the history with my family and um back in 2011 i lost uh the man that i was going to hopefully marry someday. I lost him in Afghanistan with the war. So uh, it's kind of an act of honor and service and legacy. It's one of the reasons I do what I do in the military. So it's a little bit of a, it was been a long road to get to this point, but I do it from the deeper part of my heart, which is why I think it takes so much effort and it means so much to me to do what I do. Well, I'm very hard. I'm sorry to hear about that. I'm very sorry to hear about your loss. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Well, let's talk about the things that keep you going and the people that you get to help, yeah. you know, right now and kind of the, the fuel and the fire of, of what you get to do. I mean, like I said, in the first time I saw your story, I, you know, kind of checked all the boxes because it's something we hadn't talked about specifically just yet. So I wanted to, uh, to get into it. So you, you, you're embedded, you know, in, in a fighter squadron. You said you get to, to help treat members from all the different branches but you know let's talk about what are what are some common fighter pilot injuries you know what, what are you yeah. typically dealing with yeah so it's um mostly induced injuries so the fighter squadrons that i work in here with at langley are f-22 and t-38 fighter squadrons so that's it's mostly induced issues so the t-38 generally we only go up to about five g's here but it is capable of around seven 
Uh, with Dev 22, those guys are flying up to nine, nine and a half Gs wow. um, on different days, which is a lot. So most of what I treat is either low back or neck or both. That's usually what I'm seeing. And I treat guys who just got out of training, so they're in their first year flying the 22, or they're in their first year flying the 38, or the guys who've been in for 18 years who are still flying. Wow. So I'm treating kind of both those extremes, but they all kind of have the same issues. And so it's a lot of stiff segments in the spine and, the, and in the neck. The biggest issues are at in the neck, probably C5, 6, 7 are the biggest problems. Those two segments are known in the literature. If you kind of deep delve into the literature for G-induced neck injuries, you're going to see a trend of 5, 6, 7. Having herniated discs, the dissociation, degeneration, stiffness issues there. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the research so far in the past has been done on the F-15s and F-16s, and those are very similar to capabilities of F-22, except even more so with the F-22, they can do higher Gs, higher performance. It's even more of a big deal now. Wow. And, uh, and just for the audience, yeah. just for the PTs out there, I'm sure people have heard Gs yeah. and G-Force, depending on, you know, if you've, if you've watched the news or what you listen to anything about aircraft, but that's it's a multiplier of the force of gravity. So when you're saying five to seven Gs, that's the force of gravity five to seven times normal. Correct, yeah. So if your head weighs, you know, anywhere from about 11 or nine to 11 pounds, and so the guys are going up to, you know, nine Gs and flying high basic combat maneuvers, or BFM is what we call it. They're wearing headgear as well. They're wearing helmets. Um, They're wearing, sometimes they're wearing night vision goggles and things like that. Their head can weigh up to 150 pounds um, on one of those high G turns. And so, and then they're never in a perfect, like, anatomical straight spine. Right. They're always turning their head, looking behind them. And so the forces of gravity at those levels are just crazy for that part of the spine. And then, you know, in low back, of course, and you're getting forces of, you know, 900 pounds on your low back. Wow. In the same. Yeah. So yeah. So now you're putting this all perspective when we start talking about you know different mm-hmm. positions. I, I didn't even think about it, but of course they're they're wearing headgear <laughs> that can be super super heavy, and then you start to multiply those things. Yes. And man, our neck. I don't know if we're you know if we're not not necessarily thinking about that, but you are because you're embedded in these yeah. are kind of, kinds of things that you're thinking about. So you actually get to design specialized you know preventative care as well as rehabilitative care for these fighter pilots what does a specialized plan look like you know what are the different focuses that that you're having with let's just stick to the major areas right which was you know neck and low back that you said were the common injuries yeah so usually the injuries are caused when they're going into a turn and so one of the most if you delve into the research on physiology and g is a turn an axial rotation, also let's talk about the neck, axial rotation with an extension, which is what we call the check six position. That's the most vulnerable position of the neck. That's where things start to go wrong when it comes to the disc between the spaces. Okay. So a specialized program that I have for them, as far as prevention goes, I do develop a warm-up and a cool-down for them based on for pre-flight and when they get out of the jet as well, which is really just warming up those muscles in the trap, shoulder, and neck. Um, and as far as treatment for these things go, I'm focusing on those deep neck flexors, deep neck extensors, the neck side of everything, because those muscles are so close to the spine. I need to have the muscles that are right next to the spine as strong as possible because those upper traps and the other muscles that will try to support the spine just won't do a good enough job under mm-hmm. those kinds of forces. Those are the ones that are going to start compensating when injuries happen. 
So I'm working, you know, all the classic deep neck flexor, deep neck extensors, uh, chin tucks and things like that, just in different positions. So my goal is for those guys to be able to hold like a deep neck flex position for uh, over two minutes is what I want them to be able to do. Like if they're in like a supine position, unsupported, have a chin tuck, just trying to hold that as long as they can. Let me add gear to it to make it harder. So I want to make sure that those muscles are very, very strong. To support in that axial rotation with the extension, that check six position, which is going to cause the issues. Okay. Just to put that check six position, um, you know, kind of better in, in, in PT terms, that's kind of like, you know, mm-hmm. extension and, you know, rotation to one side, but at the extreme. Is it kind of like looking over your shoulder as far as you can to check your yeah. six? Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. So it's an axial rotation as far as you can go with a straight extension. So almost looking behind and then back. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't have an option. You know, some, some PTs might have, okay, you know, let's, let's not get in this position as much as, you know, as much as uh, you have usually at your job. You don't have that option. These people need to be able right. to perform all these different things every time they right. get an aircraft. Yeah. And what makes it a lot more difficult is that they don't really have the option to like turn the rest of their head or the rest of their spine. Mm. In the T38, they're wearing a up to a 50 pound parachute that's actually attached to your back. And then in addition to that being attached to your back, you're strapped in with multiple different straps. So you don't have the option to turn like in a thoracic rotation. You don't have the option to compensate for the neck with a thoracic rotation. And so I'm just working with what I have trying to make sure that we keep it as uninjured as possible because they don't have a choice. Like you said, Mm -hmm. this is a job and this is what they have to do. So it's, it's really, I work with what I have. Um, the guys in the 22s have a little bit more rotation abilities for the thoracic spine, but them too, they're wearing, they're wearing straps, they're strapped in, they have LPUs, which is the life protective gear. They're wearing a lot of gear um, at the same time. And so yeah, it's not really a whole lot. I can't just say, oh, don't, don't do that. Sure. You have to keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah. So in the beginning, when you, when you first started this, you know, did you put your complete PT brain on and say, I need to go see what these different cockpits look like? I need to know exactly, like you mentioned, like, for, you know, for, for someone like me, a complete layman, I would say, okay, all cockpits are the same, but clearly you've just demonstrated there's several different things. You know, one might allow for a little bit of thoracic rotation yeah. while another doesn't. Were you, is that like step number one is go out there and expect the, uh, inspect the gear and make sure you know exactly what these pilots have to do? That is one of the things I've done, yes. Uh, I have been up for some flights, and so I have worn the parachute. I've been trapped in the 38, and I've been under G along with my pilots. So I've been able to experience exactly what they're experiencing. F-22 is a one-man aircraft, so I haven't been up in that. But I have, you know, been in at the aircraft and seen where they sit, and I see what they wear, and I know the gear. So, yes, absolutely. That's one of the very first things I did. Even before this touch was off the ground, I one of the first things I did was look at the aircraft. Yeah. And then... That's just a continuing thing that I do. I'm frequently asking them about, okay, when you hurt your neck, what were you doing? Do you remember what you were doing? Um, because it also has to do with where the controls are. So in the 22, they're steering on the right and the throttles on the left. And so left-sided turns are easier for them to do because they have more support from their arms with a left-sided turn. They can almost lean on their elbow a little bit. Not so much with the right-sided turn. So I do see a trend of actually more left-sided neck injury 
because they're just doing it more. Wow, that's some pretty cool insight. Yeah. You know, you're thinking about that. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I'll uh, I'll tell a non-success story <laughs> where I probably needed to oh. talk. To, I needed to talk to you before this. I was treating a a member of the U.S. Coast Guard, a U.S. Coast Guard helicopter pilot, yeah. and I was a fresh PT, and there I was, just going to attack it from a PT angle. And all the things you're talking about in terms of helmet weight, in terms of what does this person have to physically do? Because in my head, well, helicopter pilot, you know, sits there, looks forward. It was right. until it was about third visit before I realized like, oh my gosh, now I know why your neck hurts because you look down and to the right where your rescue swimmer is being wenched up and down yeah. for prolonged periods. But it was one of those moments where I was like, okay, I'll never forget this because it took me to visit, I think it was like two or three before I asked that question. But this is what you do. You constantly ask these questions, thinking about position. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, all day long. That's really, I'm, oh, I'm trying to analyze, like, what happened? What were you doing? Where were you looking? And what was the care restriction? Because I have some guys who are having um, issues with, like, brach- brachial plexus compression, clavicle compression, and that's all from some of the gear that they wear. Um, the LPUs that they have, which are the, the life preserver unit that just sits on their, around their neck. If you look at someone who's wearing a full flight suit, you'll see that. And that makes like pressure along with the seatbelt that can sometimes add some compression there. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it's, yeah. uh, it's not like you can say, well, you know, maybe take off that LP just for a couple flights and see how that right. feels. Not an option <laughs> right. with you. Pr- pretty right. cool. I, I didn't get a chance to, to, to say this before. Pretty, pretty cool, you know, work uh, bonus is being able to jump up there in a, in a couple flights to, to gather some information. That's got to be fun. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, I work with some of the, some of the coolest people I've, I've worked with so far. Everyone's awesome because I also treat the rest of the base too. I have several different offices, but they've they've been a really inspirational group to work with. The PT Pinecast will be right back. New Step created the first product of its kind 25 years ago. That was the New Step Recumbent Cross Trainer. Now it's a mainstay in rehab with physical therapists worldwide. New Step now continues its tradition of innovation with the New Step Transit, another innovation in recumbent cross trainers for physical therapists, delivering real-time biofeedback with this piece of equipment, letting you use it in meaningful ways for awareness of physical performance, uh, goals, identifying and correcting deficits or imbalances, Take a test drive or find out more at newstep.com. That's N-U-Step.com. Online at newstep.com. Back to the PT Pinecast with Jimmy McKay. Captain Michelle Yelick on the uh, the show with us today. Captain, I'm going to call you that because it's just the coolest name possible. I mean, I, sure. we don't talk to many captains. Uh, Captain, embedded <laughs> care. That's what you do. And we've had some people on the show who are embedded. Casey Stoneberger is actually a physical therapist who gets to work with the Denver Fire Department. And I think embedded oh. care is starting to be something that organizations in civilian uh, life look at more often in terms of cost savings. But why is, Im- I'm, I'm assuming embedded care is probably a longer standing tradition in uh, the armed services. Why is it so important? You know, why is it so important that you're there with them and embedded and you know exactly what they're doing? So I think especially for fighter squadrons, and this goes, you know, across all the different forces is that their schedules are so dependent on different things just popping up out of nowhere. So weather, off tempos, flights that have to get fit in, their schedules are changing so much that it's so important to have somebody available for them when they can come whenever they're available. So people will make, or a lot of my pilots have had appointments in other areas of the hospitals or other places, but they always have to cancel. They always have to miss because right. that, that appointment hasn't been booked at like 2 p.m. on a Wednesday and then all of a sudden there's a bad weather day on Tuesday, so I have to fly on Wednesday. And so the fact that I can be over there every day, they have options to see me before or after a flight 
whenever things change. And so that's why I think it's so important where for the fighter squadrons to have that available because it's just so dynamic. Their schedules are just crazy. Yeah, we, we've talked mm-hmm. about kind of the rise of the term tactical athlete. And I remember yeah. uh, we had a guy by the name of Rich Westrick, who's a good friend of mine now. But the first time he really explained it, that the light bulb went on for me that really made it like, understand. He said, listen, he put it in my perspective because I do triathlons. He's like, listen, man, you know months out what day at what time you're going to be doing exactly what activities. You know exactly what time the swim is going to start. You know generally what the weather is going to be as long as it kind of stays the same. A tactical athlete doesn't know when their event is, what their event is, what the conditions are going to be. So they have to be ready for all of it, like you said, mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. Right. How's that? How's that relationship? You now, since you're embedded, uh, these are not people who are walking in, you know, randomly. These are people you are seeing over and over again. You've, you've got a rapport. You know their backgrounds, and you get to know them pretty well. How's that relationship help your day? Oh, it's it's the best. It takes a lot of trust for these guys to basically put their head in my hands and put their signs in my hands because this is their job. This is their livelihood. If something goes wrong, they can get denipped, which is duty not including flight. So if they get an actual injury, they can no longer fly according to flight medicine wow. rules. So it's a really uh, important relationship that I have with all the docs in flight med, but also the pilots themselves. They they trust me with their, their spines and their necks and their low backs, and they're depending on me to make sure that they can keep flying. Uh, they can, I'm basically trying to preserve their careers as best we can. So yeah. it's, it's an awesome relationship. I don't, I don't really generally think about any kind of pressure there. I'm just doing my best for them and what I know that they need. And I do that for everybody I treat, but especially for these guys, it's a, it's a really important relationship to have good rapport and trust on both, on both sides. Yeah. Cause the more they trust you, the more they're going to let you in on what's really going on and uh, what's really going on with their issues and their backs and, in their daily life and their jobs and their other stressors just like anyone else. Yeah, yeah. And the more information you have, the uh, more a complete picture. I won't say the easier of a job it is because it's not, but you at least have more of a complete picture. Yeah, yep. That's cool. And a lot of times we talk about, you know, what types of aircraft we have. We talk about, you know, global air superiority and what, you know, the reasons we have these women and men who, who do these things is to make sure that they are in the position that they need to be when we need them there, you know, abroad and at home. And a lot of times we pay, I think we, myself included, we pay attention to the plane. And of course, we know women and men fly them. But without people like you, those women and men might, might not have the, the time in the aircraft or they might not be able to fly. So I think it's an, important, it's an important downstream thing to think about. And so glad that you're embedded there is without the, the people like you making sure the people who can fly that aircraft, that aircraft doesn't show up without that. Right, right. So the big thing is that some of the buzzwords in the military are readiness and the mission. And so... We can't be ready for the mission without these guys being able to fly the aircraft. Like you said, the aircraft doesn't just show up. They're flown by these guys who have tens of millions of dollars in training from the beginning to where they are now. And it's really important, you know, even on like the financial aspect as sure. far as like protecting Air Force assets and such that I keep these guys healthy and keep them flying. Yeah, well said. I love that. And how, how long have you been? Give the audience like a timeline. How long have you been, you know, uh, in the military uh, as a whole and uh, and serving in that particular unit? Sure. Um, so I've been in about two, two and a half years is when I commissioned. So I'm relatively young in the military um, because I was a direct session out of, out of PT school. And then uh, 
oh gosh, when did I start doing this? I had, so I was treating a couple of fighter pilots randomly just in my main clinic in my main office probably about a year ago. Mm-hmm. And one of them was like, hey, it'd be really awesome if we had someone at the squadron. So I was like, you know what? That would be really awesome. And so I've had, I've been partially embedded since about June of last year. So it's been about eight months or so that we've been doing this. But it's grown. Every every week it's growing and it's changing a little bit. Um, you know, we're getting you know, more stuff or we're expanding something or some, I keep trying to get it to build a little bit as we go. Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, it goes back to what you, what you were talking about a minute ago, when those people start to trust you, you're yeah. let, you're able to do more. And when people can see what value you bring, and this is in the military or private practice, doesn't matter when they see what value you can bring over time, things will grow. That just will happen. Yeah. That's great. Captain, you ready to play three questions? Sure, let's, let's do it. Let's do it. On the hot seat with three questions on the PT Pinecast. All right, three questions brought to you by our friends at Arius Medical Staffing, uh, finding PTs jobs all across the country, all 50 states in Washington, D.C., all settings too, pediatric, geriatric, orthopedics, neuro, inpatient, outpatient. Decide what you want to do and where you want to do it. Kind of a lot like the military, right? A lot of a lot of different locations I'm imagining <laughs> right. across the, uh, the country and the world. So the first question we ask, you're in Virginia right now, but if you could have a pick, Anywhere in the 50 U.S. states, just go for a short-term three-month assignment. Is there somewhere you would want to go? I think I would love to go maybe to like Lewis McCord, which is in Washington, because I've actually never been in the Pacific Northwest. I think it'd be cool to be there for a little bit of time. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the cool thing about this profession that, you know, we both picked is where there are people, there needs to be PT. So... Anywhere right. there's some people, you can do it. Uh, so again, if you want, so, so Hill Air Force Base in Utah, those guys have a fighter squadron for F-35, so they just are chomping at the bit to get me over there. So I'd love to go <laughs> over there too. Not a bad spot either. So yeah. find out where your career can take you with our friends at Arius at aureusmedical.com. That is aureusmedical.com. Now, question number two is a what question. What's something you have watched or listened to or read, either a book, a movie, or podcast, something that inspired you? I, I selfishly asked this question of our guests to help build up my Netflix queue or my reading list or whatever. What's, what's something that you've read or watched recently that you loved uh there is a book called the survivor's obligation which is a book about some guys who've had some pretty near as they say near-death experiences one of them just happens to be an f-16 pilot um from before really it's just a book about what they say on the book navigating an intentional life so really it's just about intentionally doing the best you could possibly do because basically you're thinking of the like if you've had a near death near death experience, basically think of the rest of your life is like bonus time. So yeah. might as well do the best you can with what you have. And so living your life to help others because you have a second chance and doing what exactly whatever you possibly can because you have the second chance. And that's kind of where I get some inspiration from. Absolutely. Love that. That's going on the list, guaranteed. Yeah. Third question on three questions is a who question. Uh, who is someone the audience should know more about? Your chance to give like a colleague or colleagues uh, a shout out. Uh, there's some, there's some, like as far as on the fighter squadron side, I work with so many amazing guys. I don't know if you saw some of the, there's some of the articles that came out. Um, I was working with Lieutenant, Lieutenant Colonel Cheryl Boone, who is call sign score. She's really inspirational. She was flying 15, uh, 16th. Now she's one of the training instructors for the 38th here at Langley. 
awesome story. She's been all over the place. She met her husband in Germany. Uh, they have two kids. Amazing, inspirational leader. Uh, there's so many great guys that I work with. On the medical side, General Bannister, she's amazing. She's the command surgeon for Air Combat Command. Uh, she's been really, really inspirational for me. And she's just an amazing leader. She's been really encouraging. So I've been working with both the medical side and the fighter, the fighter side for cool. the whole thing that I started. So yeah, yeah that's really awesome. That's cool. Uh, you got to throw it yeah. out there. Give it, give us some cool call signs. Like who, you know, who do you get to work with? They got to have some cool call signs. Some of the guys I work with. Yeah. All right. So well, there's score. And then let's see, we got, we got disco, we got Mongo, we got Primo, a lot of O's. Let's <laughs> see who else do I have on here. We got Coma, we got Claw, and there's so many. Rabbit, Badger, Thrash, Ocho, so do you, Rolex. Do you get an official unofficial call sign? Do you get one of those? So we're working on it. They're, they're kind of <laughs> voting for it right now. The guys on the 71st Fighter Training Squadron, they want Wednesday because kind of like Wednesday from the Adams family. Oh. It's a little bit dark and it's supposed to hurt people a little bit. <laughs> you know, PT, we love what we do, but sometimes it hurts a little bit, so... <laughs> Those guys are looking at Wednesday. They're probably going to have like a naming. We're probably going to name me like next month. Right. They've been thinking about it for a while. Because the rule is, right, you can't pick your own call sign, right? That has to be done by someone else. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. My roommate. They're looking for like things to shorten like the goddess of pain and torture or something like that. (laughs) That's what they're looking for. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, my roommate from college, uh, he flies for the uh, the Marines. He flies C-130s, and uh, his name, is, his first initials are TJ, so his call sign is okay. ho- his hooker. So at first glance, you're like, hooker? What's that? But there was a TV show back in like the 80s, and it was TJ Hooker. So his call sign, it looks bad oh. at the beginning, but once you have to explain, <laughs> but uh, I always tease him about that one. That's cool. All right, fingers There's crossed. There's always a story behind it. There's always. always a story behind it, of course. Yeah. Uh, fingers <laughs> crossed for a good call sign coming for you, all right? Yeah, I know they won't disappoint. They always want good stuff. (laughs) Good stuff. Last uh, thing we do is uh, called the parting shot. This is the parting shot. The parting shot is brought to you by Rock Tape. Rock Tape is more than just a tape company. They're a movement company, bringing you not only the world's finest kinesiology tape, but movement courses to help you get your patients moving stronger, longer. Make sure to check out your medical provider pricing right now at rocktape.com slash medical. That's rocktape.com slash medical to get your hands on Rock Tape, Rock Blades, Rock Pods, and Rock Floss. Again, rocktape.com slash medical. That is rocktape.com slash medical. All right, parting shot is your last chance for kind of a mic drop moment. Uh, the audience, of course, is colleagues of yours, physical therapists. Uh, so a lot of times yeah. it's, it's whatever your soapbox or your, whatever your mic drop moment is. So uh, what comes to your mind when we say, hey, give us your parting shot? Sure. So as far as the military goes, uh, the guys I work with when I'm in a task care with fighter squadrons, I'm literally changing the amount of firepower we have as going like air superiority in the, in the world. So keeping these guys in the air is a huge deal. Having even one guy go down, that changes our ability to fight across the world. Because so the guys with the F-22, if you Google the F-22, they're like, this is the leading, blah, 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 most amazing aircraft. I'm keeping those guys up there, which is the, what better job is there in the world? Yeah. Those guys up in there. When you put it like that, all the hair on my arm starts to stand up. I'm like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, let's go. Let's do it. Let's do so it. So I get to see those guys before and after flight and make sure that they're taken care of. I'd say as far as the PT side, keep your neck muscles strong. Keep the core really strong. I talk about spine and core all day long. I never, ever thought I would become like a G or spine specialist just because of who I treat. Because I've done so much research by myself, just 
understanding more and more and more on the spine and G-forces and such. So even all of us down here at 1G, there's still a high prevalence of injury. So this goes way up when you're up the Gs, up the nine. Love that. That's a great parting shot. I love it. You kind of answered it with two parts of your your your, your brain. Uh, one, the military brain, which is keeping that fighting force fighting. And the other is, hey, take care of those neck muscles. Right. Right. And so I've had a lot of positive PR in the last couple of months. This has been a long, long process. And it just took mass amounts of work on my part to get this literally off the ground. And so I've been really thankful to have articles written about me at Langley and across the Air Combat Command and different Air Force bases. And then I was featured on News 13. And uh, I was just recently in Air Force Magazine for this month. And uh, now talking with you, it's been awesome to have some more positive PR. Yeah, yeah. Just, so I'd love for this to basically go viral across the Air Force is what I'm hoping Yeah, for. I mean, I think it, sh- it would just benefit those women and men that, that, that you get to help and other PTs eventually when this thing starts to take off, pun intended, yeah. that yeah. would just help more people. That's great. So keep doing that good work. Yeah, yeah that's, that's kind of what I'm going for. I just want to I just want to hit as much people as I can and make sure everyone's taken care of as best I can. That's great. Because it's, it's not about me, it's about them. And I've talked to the Surgeon General here, the command surgeon, and we think, she agrees that we think attached care is kind of where the future is at. Yeah. And treating people where it makes the most sense is where the future is at for the military and everywhere else. That's what yeah. these guys are That's great. Physical therapist and U.S. Air Force Captain Michelle Yelek. Appreciate your time talking to us on the show today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. The PT Pinecast is a product of PT Pinecast LLC. It is hosted and produced by PT Pinecast CEO Jim McKay and CBO Sky Donovan from Marymount University. We talk PT, drink beer, and record it. This has been another pour from the PT Pinecast. The PT Pinecast is intended for educational purposes only. No clinical decision-making should be based solely on one source. While care is taken to ensure accuracy, factual errors can be present. More on the show at ptpinecast.com. Want to thank Brooks IHL. That's Brooks Rehabilitation Institute of Higher Learning. Offering residencies, fellowship education, orthopedics, women's health, geriatrics, neurologic PT, pediatrics, sports. That's an overview of their residencies. Check out what they have to offer at brooksihl.org. World-class educational opportunities to the local and regional community. Check them out, brooksihl.org. Our home on the internet. ptpinecast.com. Created by Build PT. Build PT provides marketing services specifically for private practice PTs. From website development and hosting. Providing content marketing solutions for PT clinics across the country. See what Build PT can do for you today at buildpt.com.